For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Eye on the Tigers podcast. Uh, we're coming at you a, a little early this week, uh, as you probably have figured out by the time you're listening to this. Uh, there's some some big news in the world of Mizzou athletics that we think is is worth talking about. I am, as usual, Eli Hoff, the Mizzou sports beat writer for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch and STLToday.com. Uh, joining me back on the program this week uh, is my talented colleague, our columnist, Ben Fredrickson, back on the show. Uh, ben, the, the big news that we that we have to talk about is Desiree Reed-Francois out as Mizzou's athletic director after less than three years on the job, really about two and a half years on the job. She is leaving to take the same position at the University of Arizona. Uh, ben, I, at least for me, this news came really out of nowhere on a, on a Monday morning. Uh, just all of a sudden there's a, a tweet and, oh yeah, this checks out and, and Turns out she was already on a plane to Tucson, and it's it just you know boom, 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 just like that. Uh, what what was your uh, initial thought as as this went down this morning? We started to kind of find out what was happening here. Yeah, I always hate it, and and I I try never to do this because um, it really annoys me when I see people do it. I don't like it when something happens and like the people covering it are like, well, that's not a surprise. You know, it's like, well, if it wasn't a surprise, then why didn't I write it? in today's paper before it happened, right? Like it was a surprise that she was leaving to go to Arizona. So I was surprised. I didn't doubt it. Um, one, because it came from Pete Thamel, who conveniently leaks all the news related to Desiree all the time, um, which is good. And, for- and, and everything, <laughs> you know, that's with, with the defensive coordinator search too. It's just, you know, I had to have my tweet notifications on for him because yeah, just yeah, yeah. Know that's where the news um, is going to come. So from. I knew, I knew it was legit, but honestly, my second thought was, man, I, and I'll be, I'll be very candid. My, my, my second thought was, I'm really glad that you wrote the stories that you wrote um, specifically the recent one about the, this oversight committee that was named to look into the athletic department and kind of oversee the athletic department from the board of curator side. I think that was immediately where my mind went next because you and I both knew when that happened that it was not the first, but the second of potentially more things that were going on kind of not behind the scenes. These were announced, but um, there there were some signs of friction between uh, the athletic department being led by Desiree Reed-Francois and this edition of the board of curators. And I think that you were probably told and I was probably told that they, that's not that big of a deal, but you and I both knew that it, it's not, it's not exactly something you see with there's, there's thriving relationships between those two groups, um, a need for more oversight of a department. So I was, I, I, I was glad that you had that story was my initial thought. Um, I didn't, wasn't aware I wasn't tracking the openings of the AD openings across the country. And I wasn't aware that Arizona was open. So this was not something I was like, Oh, oftentimes, anytime there would be moves at UCLA, everybody would say, Oh, Desiree Reed Francois could be in the mix there. Um, But she did go to law school at Arizona. Um, 
the nature of what's going on in Arizona makes it a little more surprising. They're in a massive budget deficit. They've they've they're in slashing mode. Um, they just fired an AD like immediately after he hired a football coach, which is a terrible spot for a new AD to come into having a new coach that you have to either fire without ever coaching a game or endorse as your own, which is a really rough spot for an AD to be in. Um, and they're of course leaving the Pac-12 to go to the Big 12. And you just don't see that. You don't see sitting power two ADs leave to 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 leave the Big Ten or the SEC, and now Mizzou has had it happen in two of their last three. Uh, Mac Rhodes did it to go to Baylor after Baylor had, like, one of the most, um, you know, damaging sexual assault um, scandals in in college football. So not a great track record for Mizzou here in losing ADs, and, of course, they kind of pushed Jim Sterk out. So this is a story, I mean, what I understand of it, and I won't ramble, like, I think Desiree saw the writing on the wall. She saw her ability to do her job as she wanted to do it, being impacted by a board of curators that was having questions about how she was leading. And who is right, ultimately, we'll see who Mizzou hires and what kind of impact that hire makes, right? That's part of this. But I think that if the Arizona opportunity was appealing to her, despite taking a pay cut, small pay cut, to go take it, um, I think that was probably like, okay, if the writing's on the wall here that this isn't my fit long-term and these people don't want me doing this or don't like the way I do it, then I'll go do it over here and and kind of reset there. I don't think this was, I've seen a lot of people today go, oh, well, this was because she went to law school there and she's from, no, she took this job because things, she wasn't liking the way things were trending at Mizzou. And now we get to see what, what these Missouri system side leaders have in mind, because I think most people would have argued that Desiree was doing a pretty good job. I think so. And it's it's one of those things where, where you outlined all the reasons why this move on paper doesn't make sense, right? If you put on your, you know, your economics hat and you have the humans are rational beings and need a reason, there's there's not a great reason for this Arizona job to appeal to Desiree Reed Francois. And, and you're right, I don't know if if it being your alma mater from law school is is really enough to do that. And, yeah. and it's, it's, it's not like she touts that. Yeah, <laughs> law school sucks. It's not fun. People, yeah, don't, and, people don't have romantic feelings about their law school uh, alma mater if they did if they went to a different one than uh, than where they went to their undergrad. I don't think. Yeah, especially if they don't you know stay in that state and practice or something. You know, I I to be honest, I did not know that Desiree Reed Francois had graduated from Arizona's law school. I did not know she was an alum. So it, it's not even something that she went around touting everywhere. And so it, it, she has to have a reason to it. And I think you're right to pinpoint the curators. And and I'm going to get on my soapbox about the curators for a little bit here because uh, I, I don't want this to be, a, oh, I've been writing about this victory up or anything because I didn't expect this to be coming either. But when you start to look at what has been happening between Desiree and the board of curators, you start to see signs. You know, ben, you've been using the word all day of friction. And I think that's absolutely the right word that you look at less than two weeks ago on February 8th. The Board of Curators, uh, which in, in case anybody needs an explainer, uh, it's the governing body for the entire University of Missouri system. So both Mizzou, the Columbia campus, also S&T down in Rolla, Umsil in St. Louis, and UMKC uh, in KC, uh, those four campuses are all governed by this board. Uh, they are quote-unquote nonpartisan, but they have to have political affiliations. They're appointed by Governor Mike Parson to terms that are strictly optional. They can stay on past their terms. Really, the governor controls who comes and goes from this board as he wants. Uh, so this board has the power to make a lot of hiring and firing decisions. They're a very big deal. And before I ever took this job, uh, when I was back in the journalism school, 
I thought this was interesting. They are powerful and I covered them because they're important and they ha- they do they have public meetings and they do a lot of things in public, but not enough people pay attention. Exhibit A being this meeting less than two weeks ago on the Columbia campus. It was very well attended. Brady Cook was in attendance talking to the board. This did not happen secretly. The the UM system board of curators created, uh, they, they call it the Mizzou Intercollegiate Athletic Special Committee. And it's a it, four members of that board are on this committee. And their task is to oversee Mizzou athletics. Uh, and, and in the meeting documents, they use the phrase accountability to the board and the state through this new committee is more important than ever. That that line right there speaks volumes. We, we can look through the details. It's about monitoring finances, about monitoring the Memorial Stadium renovations, you know, looking at the future of college sports and the NCAA and all these big picture things. But the end of the day is that it's about accountability and responsibility to the board and the state. That to me, and, and you know, I, I know you had conversations, Ben, as well, that it's one of those things where it's, you know, downplay a little bit of, oh, this doesn't really change the dynamic. This was always there. They could have always gotten this. Anytime you're putting anything on a piece of paper and having the nine members of the board of curators vote unanimously to approve it, that means something. And and so, again, was that the one one thing? Was that just part of the dominoes that led to this? Maybe we'll find out here. We'll certainly be asking the questions and seeing, but it, it's part of that. It, it goes back to the stadium renovation process and some of the approvals there. There's There's been friction here, and, and it seems like that took a far more concrete step a couple weeks ago, which happens to be around the time Arizona is looking for a new athletic director, this job opens up. And and now all of a sudden, here we are recording this podcast, talking about this. So uh, Ben, I'll, I'll flip it back to you on just sort of what you've maybe seen friction wise here, and, and maybe what the kind of core idea is as we're looking back at this. Yeah, I mean, as someone who grew up following Mizzou, um, went to Mizzou, have covered Mizzou, it is notorious that Mizzou has more cooks in the kitchen than it knows what to do with sometimes. And that that's a story that's all this time. I mean, you can go back multiple athletic directors, different battles with different versions of the curators. Um, Missouri really hasn't had, Missouri talks a lot about synergy. It hasn't really had it since um, Brady Deaton, Mike Alden and Gary Pinkle. Um, And those were the three that put Mizzou in the sec, which was, you know, a very wise move for, university you can have great things that happen when you've got your your university and athletics department connected and every mismatched group that's tried to find it since hasn't figured it out for very long they might have had blips um you know who gets credit for what is always something that is interesting at a time like this because people will say well desiree just got this record-setting donation and in some, you might talk to one person who views that as a strength, and you might talk to another person who says, well, that was from somebody who's given to the university before. And, well, they would have given that money whether Desiree was the AD or someone. So this idea of, like, who deserves credit, and the main thing is you have to keep all these people that can pull in all these different directions unified. And and I think that that was something that, for whatever reason, that had gotten a little bit wonkier than than, than maybe some people knew. Um, and again, not that they were going to push her out or that she was just going to, if you have something that is a, is a refresh that you want to do more than that, if you're, if you're getting into frustrating situations in your current setting and, and this other place wants to say, Hey, come fix our budget and we'll trust you to do it. And you don't have an oversight committee looking into how you're doing it. Maybe that's more appealing. Um, multiple friction points, I think is the way I would describe it. 
about donors, about NIL, about different things. And I, I'll be honest, I think one of them was Eli Drinkwitz. Um, not that Eli was out to get Desiree or anything like that. But remember when Eli got his contract extension, not the one after the Cotton Bowl, which everybody, of course, yeah, give the guy a bunch of money. He won 11 games in the Cotton Bowl. Eli got an extension. Not you, Eli. You weren't you weren't with us yet, but you were about to I was get not. your big extension by joining us. Before this season started, this past season, Eli got an extension, Eli Drinkwitz. And I was always told that that was a big curator-driven extension, that that was not something that was really a, a pressing point for the athletic department. And I think Desiree, like a lot of people at the time, were kind of in wait-and-see mode on the football coach. And then the football coach went out and won 11 games, and the curator-driven extension looked smart. And then he got a universally approved by everybody extension. And I wonder if that created a little bit of um, a little bit of stress for for the way. I mean, you're kind of in a you're kind of in a wait and see mode on a football coach versus a a, a curator group that is all gung ho on the football coach. And then the football coach goes out and wins, has the best season in decade. And all of a sudden, it's like, well, who's who's got the upper hand there? I think there was I think there was a touch of that in this. Um, I also think Desiree was probably one of the most universally liked in a lot of ways ADs Mizzou's had by fans in a long time. She went out of her way to talk to fans and get feedback from them about what they wanted. She improved the the fan experience at a lot of games. Um, People are having a better time at Mizzou events because of some of the changes she implemented. Attendance has gone up. There have been a lot of good things that have happened on her watch. She's made some good hires. So I don't think that this is a, a universal win for anybody. Um, the curators are going to have some explaining to do, although they can just, just choose not to. That's the benefit of their job is they can just not talk, unlike you know Desiree, who's going to be introduced at Arizona soon. Um, and I think it's in some ways an odd look for her because you know she's viewed as someone who took a pay cut to go to a lesser conference um, despite signs of success at Mizzou. And you could easily ask Desiree, why didn't you – fix some of you could have won this stuff over you could have powered through all this and i think that's a fair question so um it's i think it's i think it's 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 my first reaction is that it's kind of disappointing my second reaction that's all too familiar at mizzou my third reaction is i'm I'm interested to see what they do with this because you can make a case this job is maybe not as appealing as it should be for some of the reasons that we've discussed and you can also make a case that this is a team a program that's got a I think people are optimistic about the future of the basketball program, despite a horrid year. You've got a football coach who's going to have a preseason ranked team. Um, you've got big spending coming, renovations coming to the football facility. You've got a record donation that just came in. Your NIL program is humming. That's an Eli Drinkwitz credit more than anybody. So they can they can swing big here. And, and I think that I'm curious to see what kind of hire they make before saying, oh my God, this is the worst thing in the world. Not that I didn't like Desiree, but if they have an idea that they're going to go out and land someone who's going to try to elevate their standing as an SEC power, I'll say this. The last time the curators got way involved with something and derailed something, it led to Eli Drinkwitz being hired. Jim Sterk was about to hire somebody that nobody was impressed with. The curators got involved and Eli Drinkwitz was the hire. So that has worked out so far. Um, I'm somewhat curious to see who they target here. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It will be it will be interesting, certainly. And I think your point, Ben, about who gets credit for things has been interesting to view sort of almost now that now that Desiree Reed Francois' tenure at Mizzou is is now kind of retroactive, you know, doing the postmortem of talking to people today is even, you know, it, everyone has fantastic things to say about her leadership and what she has gotten done in these few years. But nobody is is coming out and saying, oh, this is devastating for Mizzou. This wrecks all the momentum. This changes the course of the athletic department entirely. And so it becomes one of those questions of, you know, she made fantastic hires. She brought in Dennis Gates for that first year, brought in Don Sullivan. You know, Kerry Jackson has work to do in the baseball program. It seems like a good hire there. Uh, and, and some of the other non-revenue coaches, you know, those all are good. But at, at a certain point, maybe it's it's just sort of the nature of the athletic director position that if you instill enough momentum in an athletic department, it just kind of can keep going on without you. Of, you know, Eli Drinkwitz, his operation, unhindered by this. Uh, you know, even having conversations with, with some folks on the donor side today, you know, everybody's curious who the hire is going to be. Everybody's, you know, a little weirded out by this and maybe has some questions. Uh, but for the most part, it's day-to-day operations are continuing. People are still going to donate and fundraise what they were going to donate and fundraise. You know, the teams are still going to go about their business. There's the only really coaching personnel decision that I think is impacted by this is Robin Pinchton and the women's basketball team of whether, you know, that same standard will stay in place. But so it's one of those things where if you take away the athletic director and the momentum keeps going, then, you know, who who does that have more to say with? And for the new athletic director, it, it's it sort of becomes a challenging job then because you know it's one thing to go into a situation like Desiree's going into in Arizona where it's a mess and needs an overhaul and needs somebody to come in and just fix it. Mizzou is not a spot where you need that, where whoever comes in has a pretty ready-made staff of people who were brought in to do this thing and are doing it well. And and that goes for you know coaching operations, marketing, all of that stuff. And so you almost need, a, you know, to borrow a football metaphor, you know, you, you just kind of need a, a system athletic director to, to just facilitate things and, and let things keep going. There's there's not a whole lot of need for an overhaul. So it's going to be maybe in that sense, a kind of challenging direction to go and to find somebody who's ambitious, but not too much. Yeah, you need a CEO. Um, yeah. And, and you need somebody who can, you know, who can manage all of these different dynamics to keep everybody moving in, in the same direction and maybe you need somebody who's familiar with the Mizzou landscape or maybe you need somebody who absolutely isn't <laughs> I mean I, I don't know I, I can go back and forth on that um you know I, I think that there are some names we should throw out there immediately that that have some Mizzou ties um that, that could be wise t- to look at um Doug Gillen hired Eli Drinkwitz at App State and has Mizzou ties as a deputy AD in the past I don't know if he's ready for an SEC job or if he would be viewed that way, but he's got a good relationship with the head football coach and he helped take App State from FCS to FBS level. Um, Bryn Baker at West Virginia was really sharp under Mac Rhodes here. I know being connected to Mac Rhodes at Mizzou is probably not a good thing, but Bryn Baker did good things at North Texas. He's really dynamic. Um, he's at West Virginia now. Brian White at uh, Florida Atlantic would be a name to throw out there. Laird Veach at Memphis is going to get – 
um, a lot of discussion as well. Um, you know, I think that having some connection to Mizzou, probably of interest, but I also think this is going to be a national search. I think they're going to do the typical Mizzou thing where they get the search firm going and uh, hire the uh, name, name the search committee. Um, you'll be tracking jets and all that good stuff. Um, and who knows if they'll even do the interviews in Columbia or at some airport conference room somewhere. But uh, it's an interesting time because like you said, on one hand, you got all these good things Mizzou can offer. And the other thing you've got is you're, you're going to say, okay, what's going on at Mizzou? Because, you know, Mac Rhodes bolted for Baylor after one of the most devastating scandals there and your other AD you pushed out and then your other one just left to go to a school that's got nearly $200 million budget deficit. Um, so there, I think Missouri's going to have some questions to answer about what kind of, uh, what kind of opportunity for success they're going to offer an AD. Maybe, maybe they don't even need to have one. Maybe they just make the board of curators the AD. Yeah, that's that's exactly what what works consensus wise. Why have one person when you could have a, a nine person voting body and do that job? I did text but, John Sunvold a, a gif of the bat signal. He hasn't responded, but uh, but you know, I, I, look, I mean, he'd probably say you're, he'd be crazy to 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 want that job now. But uh, um, you know, it, somebody who can unite all this stuff together somebody who can who can work well with you know we should also mention as terms of x factors in this moon Choi is not a president who doesn't get involved in athletics he's the opposite of that <laughs> and i think it's fair to say and i would say this to him his track record of his direct reports not sticking around very long is getting pretty long um is he compatible with with someone who can stay more than 2 3 4 years i mean you got to keep a lot of people happy in this role and it's proving to be a pretty hard task in modern times it seems like well, it is and it also raises the question of of just what is the board of curators assuming they're going to have a, a role in this process they'll approve the hire but if it goes anything like it did before i imagine at least some of them will be on the search committee and and how much what type of leader do they want for this do they want someone who is going to be you know as they put uh, accountable to the board and the state is, is, how important is that going to be for this board of curators and and what they're going to want out of that because again part of how how Desiree Reed Francois thrived was having some autonomy to do her own thing and launch these initiatives and not have to directly report and get everything approved and you know that's not to say that that's a blanket approach for everyone but it certainly worked for for her and if Part of the reason she's decided to even look elsewhere in the first place is, is not wanting to be, you know, I hesitate to call it micromanaged, but just, you know, want to be managed to that degree or over overseen, oversaw by that degree. If, if she doesn't want that, then maybe others, others won't either. And the other thing, too, we know college sports is an incredibly personal and relationship driven business. Word will get out about this. What is the industry take on Mizzou after this, after you mentioned Macro's? After after Desiree Reed Francois leaving, you know, I'll, I'll be curious. I, I get a couple of email newsletters every morning that are, you know, college sports news for people who work in college sports. And I'll be interested to see. I'm sure this news will be high up in all of them tomorrow morning of, of what kind of the industry spin is on this, uh, because that matters, too, as far as how desirable this is. You know, I, it doesn't seem like Mizzou is going to be able to lure a power five AD away from that job. So it's going to be, if it's going to be bringing somebody up, what are the prospects at Mizzou? It's, it's, there's, there's so many questions 
to ask about the future of this job now that that we'll see them start to play out soon here but it, it'll be fascinating that's a that's a valid point um and not to counter it completely but i'll just point us to a couple reminders missouri's been throwing some money around um look at eli drinkwitz's raise look at what missouri was willing to do to keep uh blake baker as defensive coordinator um, aggressive raises for Dennis Gates. Uh, money, money can 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 massage away a lot of concerns about a job. Um, few ads are like coaches; they don't they don't look at a place and go, "I can't win there," or "I can't get these people on the same on the same side." They they go in there thinking that that they're going to succeed, and they should because if you didn't think like that, you probably you probably won't succeed. There's real value in being in the SEC. Um, just like there's real value in being in the Big Ten. If you're in a conference where uh, your future is uncertain as a league or you are um, wondering, you know, what this 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 grand race toward the top of the college mountain is going to look like as the Big Ten and the SEC pull ahead of everybody, there are really good athletic department leaders outside of the Big Ten and the SEC I would probably start there. Um, who at the Big Twelve could be looking? Who, you know, who outside of the 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 Big Ten and the SEC could be thinking, okay, this isn't this isn't trending in the direction that I want, and I want to get a foothold in in one of those Power Two conferences. So Missouri has that on its side, um, and combine that with money, a football team that's got a chance to win, and and you know, there's there's a lot to offer there. Um, but again, the turnover, the lack of stability, that's one thing as corny as it sounds, that stupid word. And I've said it too many times already, but that synergy, it, people talk about it because it's real. Like Missouri has been reaching for it. And you kind of thought when Desiree got some good things going, it was going to be around for a while. And now all of a sudden it's, it's, it's not restarting, but it's, it's, it's another new face that's going to have to learn all the names and then, you know, start to do all this over and over again so finding someone who can have some staying power i think would be really good and if it means you know open up the vault and try to get it then then go do it and get a get a manager who can manage the managers that that seems to be something that this role needs is if you have to answer all these people then make it so that they're trusting you instead of trying to be in your business um that that that's something that right or wrong i don't I think she had, if she had it, she had lost it. And I'm not saying she should have, um, but it, but it wasn't there or else there wouldn't have been these committees and these surveys and these studies going on, trying to figure out how the athletic department needed to do better. It was frustrating for her. I know. Um, and, and that's part of the reason she's gone. So find somebody that the board trusts that the university can let do their job um, and, and then let them work seems to be the way to go and if, if that means getting somebody that you have confidence in and paying more to do it then then so be it you're in the sec you get a fat check from the conference every year go go pull somebody away from a conference that doesn't have as much to offer oh that's that's right on it and that's where it'll be you know i'm sure i don't think this process will play out so quickly that we won't have another time to talk about potential candidates before the hire actually happens this. i think i think you think rushing it would be a bad idea well, and, and also it's one of those things where, where you know, what advantage does hiring a, an athletic director by this Friday have over hiring one by next Friday or the Friday after that? It, it really, at this point, you want the process to play out. So we'll, we'll dig in more to potential candidates and, and sort of where we see this job going because there's so many different sort of sub-expertise categories that you can go in terms of administrator of somebody who has 
operations experience versus media experience versus NIL experience now and player welfare and all of that. So we'll we'll dig in plenty more. Uh, ben, any any closing thoughts you want to get in here as we're kind of working through this uh, yeah, on just, the on the day this happens? Yeah, just two. Marcy Girton is the interim AD. She's highly qualified. She's been an interim AD at Auburn. She's had high ranking roles in the SEC. That's another reason you don't have to go around out and hire somebody just now to do it. Um, she can handle this. She may be a candidate for the job. Um, so that's that's something I wanted to point out. And and then just to close, um, you know, this is this stuff is business. People take jobs and move. And this idea of people lasting in one job forever doesn't exist anymore. So um, I, I've kind of, I guess, become somewhat callous to that side of it. I really enjoyed getting to know Desiree and her family, her husband. Um, I wish them the best. I would like to thank her for her access to us. I felt like she was always approachable, always learned something and talking to her. She was one of the few um, ADs that I've covered who was always a friendly face, whether you were writing positively or negatively about certain aspects of the program. I appreciated that. Um, and uh, I wish her and her family the best out in Arizona. Um, and, I, and I'll go ahead and share this. I don't think I have before, but uh, um, I've never received anything like this before. But when my wife and I welcomed our little girl, we got a uh, bouquet. She, my wife, got a bouquet of roses from Desiree, which I thought was really just super sweet and classy and showed kind of who she was. She was a good person. Um, she's a good athletic director, in my opinion. And I think Arizona got a, got a good leader. So I wish her the best. And we'll see where Mizzou goes from here. Yeah, I think you're right on there. I don't have anything as touching, but she always, you know, as media members, when we're on the road, it can be a little weird at games because, you know, especially for someone new on the beat, I don't know who the other, you know, I don't know who Georgia's PR people are uh, or Kentucky's or whoever, but Desiree always made sure to come by and, and say hello to, to media who made the trip and, and connect us with people. And uh, there was a memorable moment at Kansas. I think people will appreciate this. Uh, at Fog Allen Fieldhouse, she and I happened to be chatting on the court before a game and a, a Kansas security guard came up and asked me to move because he thought I was in the way of impeding something. I don't know what it is. And Desiree made sure to uh, remind him who she was and that she had the right to be standing on the court talking to who she wanted to at that time. And uh, and the security guard got out of the way real quickly. So she uh, she made sure to put the Jayhawks in their place when it came down to it. Uh, so it, it's certainly a big loss for Mizzou Athletics and for a lot of people uh, in the administrative side of Mizzou Arena. So... Uh, there will be much more to talk about as this goes on. Uh, we'll keep podcasting through it. We'll keep writing on it. I know, Ben, you've got a, a column to file here, so I'll let you get back to that. I'll let you all get back to your daily lives. We thank you again for listening. Uh, as always, be sure to like, rate, review, subscribe, do all the things, and we'll be back at it again with another Eye on the Tigers podcast soon enough. Have a good one, y'all.